The Commercial Real Estate Show is an informative radio program for thought-provoking enlightenment. The show, nor the station, host, or guest through this show audio are providing legal, accounting, or other fiduciary advice. For representation to suit your specific requirements, engage an experienced professional familiar with your company, property sector, and market area. For recommendations to professional providers to suit your endeavors, you're invited to contact the host at commercialrealestateshow.com. Enjoy. Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show. Thanks for joining us to lead, learn, and laugh. Learn market knowledge and best practices to lead your company's success. And laugh, I believe we have to have some fun along the way. Well, hello, I'm Michael Bull, your host to the world of commercial real estate. If you have any questions or comments about today's topic or about any commercial real estate related endeavors, you're invited to catch up with us by email, by phone call, by Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, however you'd like to reach us. The old fashioned telephone works well, of course. And you can find them all at the show website, commercialrealestateshow.com. Well, today we're exploring effective property management techniques and strategies. You know, effective management is certainly crucial to success in commercial real estate. In fact, it's one of the most important skills to stabilize and increase values. I was lucky enough to get a start in commercial real estate by managing properties. And the focus in my early management days was turning around troubled properties. With key management knowledge, you have the ability to see and capitalize on opportunities to increase values. That makes you valuable and your properties valuable. Well, that's what we're going to focus on today. And please welcome my first guest, Peter Lufkin, CEO with Whitestone Research. When I saw and checked out Whitestone's product and service, I really wanted to share it with you as a listener. So I think you're going to enjoy this. Uh, Peter, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Michael. It's great to be here. Well, I appreciate it. And uh, Peter, I saw Cost Lab and I was very excited about it, and uh, it looks like a great tool to help people who own real estate, who are managing real estate, to advise those who do, even people buying the real estate. Tell us, tell us a little bit about Cost Lab. Uh, well, Cost Lab is our new online product for forecasting the operations and maintenance costs of pretty much any facility, uh, calibrated for 500 locations. Uh, certainly North America, but really all over the world. And the notion is, the design notion is, is with a minimum amount of information, uh, you can generate a transparent and uh, tractable uh, forecast for what it costs to run facilities. Okay. So one of the ways you might use this is if you've got a uh, rehab project, you've got a chiller that you know you're going to have to replace, uh, you've you got to check out what a, a roof is going to cost to replace. Is that some of the uses? Uh, sure, and think uh, think larger as well. Uh, you've got uh, an entire campus. You've got a collection. You're a Fortune 50 company that has a portfolio of hundreds of properties around the world, and you need to know what it's going to cost to run those and uh, how to shift costs as uh, cost structures and exchange rates and wage structures uh, vary. Okay, so so, so it is a, used on a very big scale, right? And so it adjusts the cost for the location. Uh, yeah, and it doesn't uh, do it by index. We actually collect on the ground data for labor rates and material costs and weather impacts and commodities and everything that you 
but imagine would go into kind of a task by task accounting of what it costs to maintain and uh, operate, essentially keep the lights on. Okay. So it's got to be a great tool for forecasting your budget uh, for the coming year and the years ahead, right? Yeah, and that's one of the primary uh, uses of of CostLab. Another use is if you're a real estate professional, you're responding to a a service uh, request for a proposal. What is it going to cost to run these 100 hospitals in in Canada? you can very quickly come up with estimates like that uh, using the Cost Lab Wizard. Okay. If you'd like, the Wizard is essentially allows you to put in a minimum amount amount of information, and then from that expands it into detailed buildings, and then models the detailed buildings, and then relates those to specific costs. So it, it's designed to be as precise as you can afford to be in terms of. Uh, your data. Okay. And who are your typical customers? Uh, wide range. Uh, I would say our typical customers are probably million square foot plus uh, management. Um, uh, also, a lot of uh, real estate and financial professionals that are just looking for a, uh, a quick answer. They're looking for due diligence. Uh, due diligence type information on financing. Uh, it goes as far as uh, insurance underwriters. Mm-hmm. They're trying to look for, uh, trying to risk score certain types of buildings based on their depreciation and their deferred maintenance. All of this comes into play in the basic cost lab model. Okay. And Peter, how might you use it if you're looking to acquire a, a property that is, is going to need some improvements over time? Um, great feature of Cost Lab, and that is it identifies potentially deferred maintenance for you. In other words, it will, based on the information you provide, um, it will forecast what it should cost to run, uh, run that facility, run, run that property. But it will also say, based on its age and what you know about its history of restoration and renovation, uh, what things have not gone on, what things have gone undone. So it gives you a list of of likely problems that might come up. Okay, it sounds like it could certainly save you money to make sure you're not being overcharged for something as well, right? Uh, yeah, and we see that in a lot of different a lot of different venues. I know in our uh, Recently, in our facility here, we just got a note from um, uh, from our owner uh, in terms of uh, giving us our new or plussing up our new uh, triple nets. And he's kind of scratched our head and thought, how how would we possibly know if this price adjustment was right? You know where where it fell relatively, and it, it dawned on us that it was in a bookshelf right behind us. <laughs> he grabbed one of our books looked at a two-story office building and compared what uh, what our landlord was charging us versus what we forecasted and we were then we were within about six percent okay that's great we're speaking with Peter Lufkin CEO of Whitestone Research and and Peter what are some of the other services that you guys provide for the industry um, other services um, in a lot of cases we'll have facility managers um, that simply uh, uh, don't want to deal with their uh, 
any of the data having to do with their property. And by that I mean um, they want to maintain their um, facility data, just literally keep my inventory in place. Um, beyond that, uh, tell me year to year what the my budget should be. Uh, tell tell us what should be deferred or what is deferred. Um, prioritize the budgets for a deferral. Uh, benchmark. Look at the uh, look at our, our operating costs, our energy operating costs. Are they in the ballpark? Um, okay. And what do some of these services cost? For example, a uh, cost lab. Uh, what's the price of that service? Cost lab uh, runs, I think, in a, in its base state is a little nine hundred dollars, something like that, on the order of a thousand dollars for a year. Yeah, and that's for a year subscription mm -hmm. and for a smaller, a smaller inventory. So that would be a year subscription for um, five buildings. Well, that certainly sounds uh, reasonable for the the money you might save and the time you might save. Now, you also have hardcover books on on, on costs and estimates for jobs. Uh, yeah, we do. We have three books, cost books. They're published annually. One specifically looks just at maintenance and repair. Mm -hmm. um, Another looks at um, North American operations costs, and another one uh, looks at uh, international costs. And they're all kind of set up the same in that the first part of the book looks at typical costs for model buildings, and I think there's on the order of 80 model buildings that are projected. And they give you detailed costs by uh, different perspectives, cost per square foot, cost by system. Uh, high maintenance items, pretty much detailed costs for the for each building model, and then following chapters give you some index values on how costs have trended in that particular industry, and then finally there's a long discussion of where do we get our information, how do we do our modeling, how do we collect data. So the notion is from the books all the way through Cost Lab that there's complete transparency in terms of. When we provide an answer, where does that come from? You know, from a granular point of view, where's it? What are the details that lead up to to an estimate? Okay. Well, it sounds like a great service, especially the online part. It seems like a great value as well. Well, Peter Lufkin, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate your time. Sure, my pleasure. If you'd like more information from Peter Lufkin and Whitestone Research, visit whitestoneresearch.com. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll have a lot more on property management strategies for you right after this message. Thank you. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by your friends at Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com or call 800-408-BULL. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. If you liked the latest intel on any commercial real estate-related topics, check out our on-demand show podcast. For example, we recently produced separate shows on the office, industrial, and retail markets. There are lots of interesting shows to choose from. You can access the shows on your computer, tablet, or smartphone. Just visit iTunes or the show website, commercialrealestateshow.com.
Well, today we're looking at asset and property management strategies to improve property values. Please welcome my first guest, Joe Greenblatt, CPM and 2013 President-Elect of IRAM, Institute of Real Estate Management. Joe is also President of Sunrise Management, headquartered in San Diego, with responsibility for overseeing the day-to-day operations of the company, its portfolio of more than 12,000 residential units, and its 300 employees. Joe, thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much, Michael. Happy to be here. Also, please welcome Jay Winsor, CPM, Senior Vice President of IRAM Institute of Real Estate Management. Jay is also Port Property Manager for Broward County in Port Everglades, Florida, where he oversees the property management and leasing of Port Everglades properties, including office, warehouses, land, and the foreign trade zone. Port Everglades is one of the largest cruise and cargo ports in the United States. Jay, thanks for joining us today. Good morning, Michael. Glad to be here. Well, guys, it's great to have you You guys. you uh, uh, If you're listening to this show and you, and you can go online, you're not driving down the road, go to our website, check out the resumes of these guys. Uh, they know about property management, and we're going to share some, some great strategies and things with you today to hopefully uh, help you increase values and uh, be more successful in the commercial real estate business. And, and Joe, I'd like to start out with, uh, you know, what is a typical mission statement for a property manager? Uh, great question, and, and start off with an understanding that most property managers are working in a for-profit environment, and so their first mission... Well, they're, well, they're supposed to be, right? <laughs> well, in, in most cases, yes. Right. Uh, not in all cases, though. Right, right. But wh- where we are working for an, an investment mm-hmm. entity or group, we're looking to produce return on investment, so that is our first uh, priority. Uh, but, but more broadly, we achieve that pretty consistently, whether it's for-profit or not-for-profit, by doing the things that enhance the lives of the people that live and shop and work at the properties that we manage. And Jay, anything to add to that? Yeah, no, I mean, just to add uh, add to that, you know, for a property manager to just, you know, uh, embrace the challenges, learn all you can, because knowledge is power, and, uh, you know, don't be afraid to share that knowledge. Okay. You know, and that's a good subject. I mean, I think the, the well-educated, the, the, you guys are CPMs, that's very respected. Tell us about some of the uh, training available and uh, the, some of the other uh, respected designations in the industry. Well, of course, uh, Joe and I are probably somewhat biased uh, since uh, we are uh, longtime members of IRAM. Um, and, uh, you know, we believe really strongly in the, in the CPM designation and also our, our, our other designations that we have. But there are, you know, a lot of property-specific designations out there. You know, uh, ICSC has uh, the, the CSC for retail. You know, BOMI has one that's focused on office. IFMA has one that's, that's more focused on facilities. But uh, one of the unique things about, I think, that, that sets IRAM apart, or what we like to call uh, kind of a gold standard, is that uh, our, our CPMs cover all different property types, whether it be office, retail, apartments, condos, you name it, we manage it. And I think in today that's particularly helpful because most of us, while we started out maybe in one type of real estate, we have bounced back and forth or we manage all different kinds of real estate. And so it just helps us uh, be better prepared. And uh, it certainly has served me well uh, in my, uh, over the years. So, 
yeah, I think it's certainly important to, to have those designations. And I know when I'm uh, looking for clients uh, to, to hire around the country, those are important to me. And, and you men- mentioned facility management and, and uh, asset management and property management. Our listeners are very diverse around the country. A lot of them know what that is. But, but briefly, Joe, what are the differences between asset property and facility management? Well, asset managers, Michael, typically are concerned with the real estate as an investment. So it's, it's largely a financial management of a real property. Property managers, uh, in the traditional sense, are more concerned with managing the business. Property managers are really business managers that happen to be managing real estate. And uh, facility managers then uh, tend to be more focused on the physical plant the experience of the tenants, the operations of the businesses as they relate to uh, use of an industrial space, office space, that kind of thing. I would only add that the the lines between asset management and property management are becoming blurred as investors become more sophisticated. And uh, a good property manager today is expected to have the, 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 the chops to be able to do the financial analysis and the financial management of the asset to participate in those conversations to add value uh, of the management of a property as an investment. So in that respect, that's kind of an evolution is that those lines are, are becoming blurred. You know, Joe, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, you know, working for Port Everglades, I kind of wear all the hats and people really don't always know what to call me. Um, you know, but uh, you know, I get involved, you know, we're working on some new developments uh, we're we're going to build a new foreign trade zone here, and so I'm working on the development team, but I'm dealing with the existing tenants. You know, so it really is, uh, as Joe said, the lines are definitely blurred, and, uh, you know, good managers are working really in kind of all these different areas today. And as, as Jay pointed out, uh, you know, the, the, the IRAM uh, education uh, portfolio of classes and training are uh, generally their their property type agnostic and so they focus less on the specialties of maintaining apartments for that probably go to the national apartment association or operating a retail center boots on the ground but more again that asset and property management focus and that's part of what makes uh, irem's educational offerings recognized by some of these other organizations as the gold standard in education for real estate management Okay. And, Jay, you're in the Everglades, so do you ever get to ride in those uh, airboats? And ride around? <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's kind of a misnomer. Uh, I can kind of see the edge of the Everglades, but yeah. what I really get to see is the ocean. Right. So, uh, you know, I, I get to watch those cruise ships and those cargo ships coming in and out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Well, I'm in the boat, so I had to ask. That looks like a lot of fun down there. <laughs> well, what about the role of property management in acquisitions. Uh, what are you guys seeing that's important for you to do there and how much are you involved? Well, you know, I think it's really, it, it differs quite a bit by, by the nature of the company and what the asset that's being purchased. But, you know, I think that property managers can really help make or break uh, the whole process because when you get uh, the property management team uh, and the asset management team, you know, really truly involved in that acquisition, they can look at it not just from the dollars and cents side, but you know, they can look beyond the wrapping of the building. You know, they can offer insight on how to run it, uh, look for pitfalls, um, you know, uh, bigger challenges than just your obvious 
things that you see when you're walking around. Um, and, and they can help strategize, develop the marketing plans, you know, look at staffing, and I, and I think it can really be a, a help uh, with a successful acquisition because I've seen, I've seen it happen too often on things that I've worked on uh, in the past where that wasn't always the case, where maybe a buyer was kind of looking at a project from, uh, through rose-colored glasses and uh, really not seeing some of the issues uh, that we're really going to be impacted by running the property on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, watch out for the alligators, right? Exactly. <laughs> All right, we have a lot more management intel for you. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by France Media. France Media provides exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit francemediainc.com or call 404 404- Eight three two, eight two six two. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. You're invited to check out our YouTube channel. There are three sections of videos there. There's a section on uh, market updates for various property uh, sectors. There's a section on available properties, and there's a section on intel related to the uh, commercial real estate business, like lease tips, social media, contracts, agent success strategies. Check it out. Just go to YouTube and search for the channel Commercial Real Estate Show. Today, we're exploring effective property management techniques with Joe Greenblatt and Jay Windsor, both uh, uh, with IRAM. And and gentlemen, I'd like to ask you about uh, typical components of a typical property management plan what what goes into that uh, plan Joe well property management plans really have some 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 key things uh, they can be large they can be small but they always want to to identify what the plan is working toward what's the goal what problem uh, have we identified that we're trying to solve what opportunity are we looking to capitalize on and from there typically would offer a couple of different courses of some analysis, and then a plan to execute on a recommendation, the best alternative to either solve the problem for the property or to capitalize on an opportunity to reposition it, drive up income, um, manage some expense situation or risk situation. So those really, I think, are the key components. Uh, The management that, that Jay and I have prepared as certified property managers to become certified property managers through IRAM are extensive and offer a great deal of analysis. But again, the keys are identify the problem of the opportunity, offer some solutions, recommendation, and a plan for executing on it. Yeah, uh, Joe, I remember sweating over uh, doing my management plan many, many years ago. But, uh, you know, one of the things I think is also really important um, in in the plan is to really uh, review and know your neighborhood. Um, you know, and everything that's going on around your property uh, when you're putting together that plan because you can't, uh, you know, plan in a vacuum. You really need to understand the market, what your competition's yep. doing. Very, uh, very, very good point. Yeah, those so. are great points. you got to know where you're going if you're going to get there, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, what are some need of the, that GPS. That's right. Well, what are some of the biggest challenges you guys see in today's market, and, and especially with owners trying to uh, cut costs, Jay? Owners cutting costs? I, I, I haven't heard of such a thing. That's, that's, uh, that's a foreign concept to me. But, uh, 
Now, all, uh, all kidding aside, I think that, you know, uh, it is a factor that, that we do have to deal with, both in uh, third-party management uh, when we're managing for others as well as even in, in what I do, you know, uh, working for the, for the government. But I think that it's, it's not so much just looking to cut costs, but looking for how we can do things more efficiently. So that the challenge for us is that the, the old adage, you know, we're required to do more with less. So we kind of continually have to just look how we can seek out different, uh, different ways of doing things, different technologies, uh, looking at staffing efficiencies, um, just uh, looking for new and creative ways to run the properties without really necessarily, uh, you know, cutting back on services. We're just expected to perform at a little bit higher level and uh, with a little bit more uh, finesse, if you will. And another dimension of that is that a good property manager is going to remind an owner looking to cut costs that this is really an income-driven business. Often it's expense-managed. We focus on expenses on a day-to-day basis. But as an investment, it's an income-driven business. And, uh, and again, often our, our role is to make sure that an owner that is expense-focused recognizes that reality of good real estate investment. Well, are you Absolutely. seeing are you seeing owners cut those some of those services, and when they're cutting these budgets, or are people kind of on the road to recovery? You know, we're seeing certainly an inclination, a natural inclination for people to cut costs, but more and more, we see enlightened real estate investors that recognize that the path to long term return is through enhancing services, and right. so while we want to be good. Um, good managers, good expense managers, and be thoughtful. Part of that thoughtfulness is not to just go to cut costs, but to enhance the services to our tenants and our residents, because that ultimately is what's going to enhance the return on investment uh, in, in most uh, most income properties. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> Exactly. I mean, if you cut corners and you're just continually just managing the property from a uh, spending less and less and less, uh, you know, the value of that asset is ultimately, you know, going to going to decrease. And depending upon when you purchase that property, that could be a serious problem. Yeah, well, that's interesting. And more with less seems to to be an issue. And one of the services we provide is selling office buildings, and we'll look at an existing property. You know, if you make these sustainability upgrades, it'll pay for itself within two years. Why aren't you doing it? Sometimes we get the reply, Michael, we just don't have enough people. We are asked being asked to do more with less. All right, well, stay tuned. We're going to have more property management intel headed your way. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Does your company provide professional services to the commercial real estate industry? The Commercial Real Estate Show is an excellent way to reach your target audience. For advertising options, visit CommercialRealEstateShow.com or call 888-612-SHOW. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We have some incredible shows coming up for you, including a show on the lease-first purchase considerations at this point in the cycle. You know, it's interesting. In some cases, prices are below replacement costs. We have incredible low interest rates. 
So in some cases, we have good selection of properties, better than we have in the past, and we're at the beginning of a recovery, and a recovery has has historically been the best time to buy commercial real estate. So don't miss a show of special interest for you. That show is actually next week. Sign up for a once-a-week email announcing the show topic at commercialrealestateshow.com. Well, today we're exploring effective property management strategies with Joe Greenblatt and Jay Windsor. And, and gentlemen, I'd like to ask you about technology. Jay, what types of uh, new technology are you using in the property management world today? Uh, technology? What, uh, I'm sorry, what's that? I'm, I'm still using an abacus these days to, to do those calculations. Yeah, I ran but, out of fingers. I didn't know how long this segment was. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, you know, we're continually using technology you know, uh, as much as we possibly can. I think, you know, earlier we said about, you know, doing more with less. And I think that technology is key to really enabling a lot of that. I mean, we are a very busy and active seaport here, and we're utilizing uh, tablets, um, tablet computers. We use our smartphones all the time because we're out, uh, out and about on the 2,500 acres that we have here. So we need to access information, and we need to access it quickly. And so we're utilizing and exploring new programs to be able to have us do more things in the field uh, than we have traditionally, you know, in the past. Uh, we're trying to get away from the, well, let me check on that when I get back to the office syndrome, um, be able to look up things in real time. Um, you know, and, and tablets are, are a big part of that, you know, uh, whether it be an inspection, whether it be a lease negotiation with a tenant, et cetera. We're, we're continually looking for how we can use technology to make our jobs more efficient and a lot more easy. You know, real estate business, real estate management um, is all about moving around and being mobile. Um, in, in my 24 years in real estate management, I have yet to be able to get a piece of property to come see me in my office. <laughs> so uh, mobility is critical, and, and mobile technology is finding its way into real estate management, both tenant-facing, prospective, uh, resident-facing, uh, and, and just for the practitioner to be able to provide service on the go. Uh, very important, and uh, those owners, investors, and those managers that uh, uh, that, that aren't proactive and, and don't follow contemporary best practices, stay up to date on technology, or risking, uh, in literal terms, becoming irrelevant. You know? Yeah, I mean, you are crazy if you are not looking to use the technology that's out there to the max. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Uh, I think we've had brokers come in our office, and, and when they look at all the technology and the tools and resources we use, they're sometimes they're surprised like they didn't realize that that's what what new commercial real estate was all about and and one of you guys mentioned uh tenants and working with tenants uh joe what do you think about tenant retention and it's obviously it's important what are some tips that you can share with our listeners for uh keeping tenants well uh the first tip is recognize how strategically and tactically important it is uh i uh, unfortunately, see property managers frequently with an emphasis on leasing or, again, managing expenses that simply, uh, while focused on doing those things well, aren't necessarily doing the right things and, and giving the attention that they need to to retaining residents or tenants. Uh, and, and one of the keys today, uh, particularly in a technology-charged world, is communicating with tenants. 
um, not just at lease inception and renewal, but through their entire tenancy. Uh, this is, uh, to, uh, to, to, to uh, uh, paraphrase others, uh, Tony Shea over at Zappos, who noted that uh, uh, Zappos is a, a service business that happens to sell shoes. We're very much uh, service-oriented professionals in real estate management. We just happen to be serving tenants. Yeah, I, uh, I that's a I agree, Joe, completely. You know, um, your tenants chose to be in your property. You can't just sign them up, put them in, and not deal with them anymore. I mean, you really, in in a lot of respects, and and I do this a lot on a day to day basis. Is I actually am getting involved with the tenants' business, not necessarily telling them what to do, but listening to what their issues are. Um, you know, I mean, again, with all the, the cargo and the cruise passengers that are moving through here, we have a lot of logistics issues. And so we're continually meeting with our tenants uh, about how their businesses are functioning and operating and looking at what we can do to make their, their experience here in, in the port that much better. And I think that translates to pretty much any kind of property uh, that you've got out there. Yeah, keep that, them happy. Yeah, that's so important. I know when we're doing analysis on uh, on our office buildings that we sell, I mean, one of the things we have to to look forward to, uh, forward to is how many of these tenants do we think are going to renew? You know, we're going to keep eighty percent of them or or sixty percent, and uh, that's real important in the valuation of the property, isn't it? Without a doubt. I mean, you got yep. the you got the cost of leasing, you got the cost of vacancy, you got the cost of build out, and you got the cost of just seeing a vacancy in the building. And that's, you know, often it seems like sometimes people forget that it costs money to keep the space vacant. I mean, that's just money out of your pocket. And uh, to to not have established a good relationship with your tenants and not, um, you know, acquiescing perhaps to a small point uh, in, a, in a renewal can cost you a lot more uh, than you might anticipate. Yeah, I think those are great tips. Uh, you, you keep a tenant because it costs you a lot more to get a new one. We're going to take a short break here. We'll have more effective management techniques for you. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by your friends at Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com or call 800-408-BULL. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Today, we're exploring effective property management techniques and strategies. My guests are Joe Greenblatt and Jay Windsor. They're both officers with IRAM. And, uh, gentlemen, I'd like to ask you about uh, some advice, some advice for our property owners out there. Joe, what would you tell owners about there? Uh, give them some advice for property management. A couple of things. One, recognize your role, and that is oversight. Um, but maintain that oversight of your property. Uh, property managers have a role of accountability, and you need to hold them accountable without getting down in the weeds. Second of all, choose your property manager wisely. It's an intimate uh, financial relationship, investor with a property manager, and so trust is key. 
um, one of the hallmarks of uh, the Institute of Real Estate Management is our credentialed members are held to a very uh, stringent code of ethics. And finally, look for a manager who leads, who's staying abreast of contemporary best practices, uh, because uh, we're in a rapidly changing business environment, and and the best property management practices of 2008 are wonderful, but they're simply not as relevant uh, as they need to be in 2013. Excellent, excellent advice. Uh, I know when I when I know one of my owners is going to sit down with me once a month when he gets his statement and go over it with me. <laughs> you know, I'm paying attention to him. Well, uh, Jay, what kind of advice would you give? Uh, professionals who are looking to get into property management or improve their career in property management? Well, you know, first of all, it's it's great that, that people are seeking to get into property management. For a long time, it always was a, a job that a lot of people just fell into. But, you know, I think that it is one, uh, potentially one of the greatest jobs that's going on out there. Where else can you just start out uh, and be basically running a business? And that's what a property is, is a business. And you get to learn so much uh, over a short period of time, and you're going to learn all kinds of skills that you know that you can utilize in all parts of your life and in, in your career. But one thing that's really important to know is to to quote uh, Big Brother uh, is to expect the unexpected. Um, you just you never know what's going to happen from day to day, so you got to be uh, you got to be prepared, and uh, you got to be ready to rise to those to those challenges and never be afraid to say no always say yes yeah. at least when you're asked to do something right well that's good advice i think yeah, you really want to be educated and you really want to be proactive and and not just uh, putting out fires i i was lucky enough to start in the property management business and it really felt my career uh throughout my career to to have that experience well guys our, our time has to end here soon can you give us a closing tip for our listeners Sure. Um, Stay abreast, again, of best practices and take advantage of the resources that are out there. We talked a little bit about technology. Use the technology. Um, You can participate in organizations like the Institute of Real Estate Management. Um, Visit IREM at at, at, uh, IREM.org and and, uh, take advantage of the extraordinary wisdom and knowledge and the and the contemporary best practices that are out there for you as a manager, um, Jay. What would you offer? You know, I my it's it's pretty simple. I've kind of uh, threaded this through, but you know, learn how to be a chameleon. You know, uh, you gotta adapt yourself to a lot of different things that will happen within the day. Don't sweat the small stuff. And you know, for me, above all else really do just have some fun <laughs> i like that joe jay gentlemen thanks for joining us today thank you thanks so much mike I had a lot of fun well, as you heard if you would like more information visit irem.org i have a question for you as a listener can you join us next week well i hope so we'll consider the lease versus purchase analysis and some of the extraordinary factors on the purchase side of the decision at this point in the cycle i'm michael bull until next week be sure that you always lead learn and laugh And join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show.
The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by your friends at Bull Realty, France Media, Atlanta Office Liquidators, and Wiseman, Noack, Curry, and Wilco. For more information about these companies or to access additional show podcasts, videos, or blogs, visit commercialrealestateshow.com.